I'm Danica Juarez. And I'm Jan James. And this is How's It Hold Up? Hi, I'm Danica. And I'm Jan. And today we have a special guest, Marie. They are wonderful, and we're so excited they're joining our podcast. Yes, she is a great friend, and I believe this is the first time that we've ever had you on here. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Ah, you called me a great friend. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're great, and you're Uh, a friend. Well, hi. (laughs) Yes, this Uh, is Marie. I think you uh, care a little bit about Lord of the Rings, maybe? Um, Yes. I have, I would say, highly developed opinions, Uh especially for someone (laughs) who has only read the Silmarillion one half time. That's more times than either of us. So we we used to watch the extended editions of the live action movies Mm -hmm. uh, as as a marathon. So that's... The did sort you, of Lord of the Rings fans that we are, and even extended edition. Did you have the um? Did you have the VHS where you had to switch out halfway through? I think uh, it was just DVDs. Ah, oh, dang. Yeah, uh, I don't think we had the VHS one once. Yeah, I uh, and we'd have Lord of the Ring weekends. Yeah. Oh, nice. That's great. <laughs> uh, my family used to do fourteen-hour car rides. Uh, oh. From Virginia to New Hampshire. And oh boy! So, oh, wow. You know, we set up a tube TV in the back of the car with uh, a DC to AC <laughs> converter uh, plugged in with a wooden stand to prop it up at 45 degrees and had a VHS p- player built in. When I say tube TV, I mean like this is literally like a six inch CRT yeah, yeah. television right. with a built in. picture in it. Yeah. And we put in like Walking with Dinosaurs, Walking for pre- with Prehistoric yes. Beasts, oh, and the yes. Lord of the Rings trilogy. Like that's what we would watch on car rides until I spilled chocolate that's milk on awesome. it. Amazing. Oh no. I yeah. Ugh. The walking with dinosaurs. Yeah. Yes, that brings back uh, memories too. Perfect. <laughs> um okay. Today we watched uh Rankin Bass's The Hobbit and The Return of the King. Uh because those t- the s- Return of the King is a sequel to The Hobbit. If you thought otherwise, I understand, but I'll tell you why you're wrong later. <laughs> uh, but I'm, these two I'm movies excited. These two movies go together uh, and are separate from the other Lord of the Rings movie made in the late 70s, mm-hmm. uh, which we will talk about in a different episode. Who would like to do a brief, spoiler-free plot synopsis of one or both of these movies? Not me. <laughs> I mean, I can I can do The Hobbit. Um, okay, go for it. The Hobbit is a story about a man named Bilbo Baggins who goes with some dwarves to a far-off land and does various adventure things in a high fantasy setting. This book was written a very long time ago, so you might have heard of it. It's, you know, The Hobbit. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> there are... There's dra- dragons and trolls and... Wizards and dwarves and yeah. spiders. Oh my. Yeah. It's a scary, yeah. It's a scary movie. Then The Return of the King tells... A third of the story of the Lord of the Rings, uh, but tries to frame it as a sequel to The Hobbit because Bilbo is at, no, yeah, it's Bilbo's birthday and Frodo is there telling him the story of how he lost one of his fingers. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it involves 
Gandalf and Gollum and all sorts of stuff. Aragorn's in it for like three minutes. Uh, there's it's a lot of Sam. That. It was a lot of Sam and Frodo walking mm-hmm. and being real sad uh, I mean, was what, what the adventure ended up being um, for better and worse, I, I suppose. Um, but yeah, he tells the story of that, of how they have to take the ring to Mount Doom to get rid of it. And um, yeah, yeah, that's 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 that story. And, and he and you already know that he came out of it mostly all right because the movie opens after that's happened yeah so yeah it's it's framed in retrospect retrospect yes. yeah uh which is i i think the framing device of that movie is really fun it's it's a choice and we'll, we'll talk about we'll it more it. <laughs> um before we start getting into detail what vaguely do we think of these movies without spoilers uh without us going into deep discussion yet what is what are you feeling about them now do you think you would recommend them to people uh, so this is my favorite, uh, film adaption of The Hobbit. Um, uh-huh. I think it is much better than the live action done more recently and much better than the Soviet teleplay, which I still have a special place in my heart for, but it's, it, <laughs> it's important to me. And I, I, I do, re- I will reference it when I talk about the events of the film, uh-huh. um, and it's just interesting to see how certain pieces of the the novel got put into the movie and uh it also was very formational to me as a child uh, so yeah, yeah i want i will scare my children with this movie <laughs> good <laughs> no, but it's a it's a great movie it's it's a bunch of fun soundtrack absolute banger uh return of the king weirder than i remember still amazing <laughs> soundtrack uh glenn i don't know how to Yarbo? pronounce his last year yeah that's my guess i don't know if that's He's a great musician. I love his work. So both of these movies come for at least the soundtrack. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I enjoyed The Hobbit and I agree that the storyline is more cohesive than the live action. Yeah. I like the live action because of uh, some of the, some of the movie sounds like sounds? I See Fire I love oh, that some one. of the songs. Yeah, some of the songs in the live action. You literally played some of it for me earlier, I and know. I was like, and I've I never heard love, this I in forgot. my life, and I've watched all three movies. I know, and I forgot who voiced the dragon in the live action. It's Benedict Cumberbooble. Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict, oh. easy to mispronounce. <laughs> yes. Okay. I do have some. Anyway, got some nostalgia for the live action, but again, it's not like it was some great movie, especially in comparison. Some great trilogy of movies with (laughs) Mm -hmm. the Lord of the Rings. Rings, you know. How'd you feel about Return of the King? The second Return of the King, not a fan. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) really. So at this point, would you like to elaborate? In our discussion, at least, I would not recommend. Okay. Uh, uh, great bop though which we'll talk about later oh there is oh. at least one song in there yes. that we continue oh, yeah. to there's sing can't get out of my there's, head yeah there's at least three for me return of the king uh-huh. has at least one bop and at least three songs that could make me cry in the right circumstance amazing <laughs> um i definitely recommend the hobbit um i think it as as we've all basically said uh it's 
a better film than the three films that were used to tell a very simple, relatively simple story. Uh, yeah, it's it's good. It's cute. Uh, animation's fun. Music's fun. Uh, Return of the King, I have some fondness for the music because before I ever watched the movie, because today was the first time I watched the movie, oh, really? I was on a kick of listening to soundtracks and there was no officially released soundtrack for Return of the King. So I just took the movie and put it into audacity and made my own soundtrack. Oh my God. So I already knew the songs. Um, can, I, can I have that? Yes. I can give <laughs> yeah. that to you later. Oh my gosh. Um, so, so yeah, I, I do like the music in here. I particularly like one song. We'll talk about yes. that later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, in general, I think both, both movies have good soundtracks. Uh, Return of the King is messy. I don't think I'd probably recommend it, but like, I'm not like, I wouldn't say, no, it's terrible. Stay away. I just don't know if I'd recommend it. Uh, And I look forward to talking about it more with someone who uh, likes it more than us. I I think part of it is I try and find stuff to like in every single version of these film adaptions that I can. Um, Yeah, yeah. Eventually, I will do a project for myself where I combine various film adaptions of Lord of the Rings movies. Uh-huh. Mm. Uh, and there's definitely a lot of good bits uh, in The Return of the King that like shine and bring that movie to like this place of fondness for me, where I think like... Yeah. If you want to get the whole experience, you probably should watch it. Like, there's stuff in... Yeah, I think if you're yeah. a Lord of the Rings fan, like, yeah, yeah. why not? And if your kids uh... like the Hobbit <laughs> movie, you should show mm. them Return of the King, because they frame yeah. it as a sequel. It's, it's exactly. good. Let's get specific. By which I mean, at this point, as, as frequent listeners will know, I mean, let me tell you some fun facts before we actually start getting specific. So, some notes on The Hobbit. Uh, When interviewed for the film, Rankin of Rankin and Bass declared that he would add nothing to the story that wasn't in the original. And then in a a 2003 interview, he stated that he loves the Tolkien work and explained that he was able to make the film because The Hobbit was still in the public domain at the time, despite claims to the contrary from the copyright holders. Which, that last part's important, because here's some notes on Return of the King. (laughs) The film's original working title was Frodo the Hobbit 2, which would have been a hilarious way to go with it. Uh, The release of this movie was threatened by a lawsuit filed by the Tolkien Estate and Fantasy Films on the basis that Rankin-Bass had not secured the U.S. and Canadian television rights to the book. The lawsuit was settled amicably, allowing it to proceed with the May 1980 release. So I'm amused that Rankin Bass is like, it's fine. It's yeah. we'll just we'll Rank, just make it. It's fine. Rank, Rankin and Bass has had a hard time with copyright, I would say. Uh, yeah, they Did you yeah. did you know uh I took some notes on this. Uh here's a fun fact. Did you know that the studio that animated these films, Topcraft, half of that yes. studio split off and became Studio Ghibli? Indeed. The animation was by Studio Topcraft, uh, who worked a lot, uh, who did a lot of Rankin-Bass tr- uh, traditionally animated films, such as these two movies, The Flight of Dragons, The Last Unicorn. They worked on a lot of those, and then they are most famous as a studio for creating Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind, My favorite which movie. is typically referred to as a Studio Ghibli movie, but was actually made before Studio Ghibli existed. It just had you know, Hayao Miyazaki and the South Takahata and stuff 
working on it, mm-hmm. but uh, Topcraft, uh, I, I, I think that they went under soon after that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so then it split into kind of two different things. And one of the halves actually kept doing some work for Rankin Bass uh, for a bit. And then, yes, the other one, the other half went and formed Studio Ghibli. Uh, I'm not exactly sure when Asao Takahata started working for Topcraft. Um, and I'm not exactly sure for Miyazaki, but I saw something that mentioned that he came on during the year that uh, The Last Unicorn was being finished. So that means he was definitely not around for this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, that's pretty neat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have a note later on about that connection. Yeah, definitely bring that up later. I have one more thing before we start getting specific and we can do more fun facts later. Uh, the Return of the King is often mistaken as a sequel to Ralph Bakshi's The Lord of the Rings, which is not a film that we have watched yet, but we will be watching that I next have. time. <laughs> yes. Uh, after Rankin Bass became defunct in 1987, Warner Brothers acquired the rights to Return of the King for home video distribution and chose to market the film, along with The Hobbit, as installments of an animated Tolkien trilogy with The Lord of the Rings, which was by then also owned by Warner Brothers, acting as the middle chapter. That movie that we'll eventually watch covers the events of Fellowship and and, uh, the Two Towers, more or less. Uh, So there's some logic to that. But uh, this false promotion led to rumors that Rankin-Bass had originally decided to produce The Lord of the Ring, uh, The Return of the King, excuse me, uh, upon hearing that Bakshi's sequel to The Lord of the Rings had been canceled. However, Rankin-Bass had always planned on making The Return of the King as a follow-up to their production of The Hobbit, even before the release of Bakshi's film. And I will talk a little bit more on uh, Rankin's opinions on this film later. Uh, This is enough fun facts for now. Mm -hmm. Let's actually get specific and start talking some about the story and characters and whatnot. So I think there are some very good voice voice actor choices. Yeah, definitely. I think for the most part, there's only like one or two times where I'm like, that could have been voice acted better. Like, (laughs) yeah. And it's always a dwarf making a silly voice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fair. Yeah. I definitely enjoyed Thorin Oakenshield, who's voiced by Hans Conrad, uh, mm-hmm. who you know, Mom, uh, because he was the voice of Captain Hook from P- Disney's Peter yeah, Pan. Yeah, he was in Peter oh, Pan. Wow. Uh-huh. And, and he... I could he, I could hear Hook in there sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and he's also Snidely Whiplash on Dudley Do-Right. Yeah. Who, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Which I'm not as familiar with, other than it just being a cultural icon. But... I remember I took some other notes of who he was. Oh, yeah. He was also in two films which i want you to watch if you haven't already which are oh. which is uh halloween is grinch night i had no uh-huh. idea that film existed i you should just watch it please do um <laughs> and he was also in like uh he was had a role in the phantom Tollbooth movie and oh, seeing yeah. those clips okay. hit a real piece of nostalgia so while i was watching i've this, never I seen doing, that but i definitely want yeah, to. yeah so that just yeah. adds this extra bit of nostalgia into the hobbit movie for me nice so i'm yeah, Hans Conrad did great. Uh, Marie, who's Thrandur- Thranduil again? Um, Thranduil is the uh, the elf king who looks weird. The wood elf king. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. I, really I thought so. Just that's that's Otto Preminger, yeah. who Mom might possibly know as Mister Freeze in the nineteen sixties Batman TV show, the live yeah. action one. There's a oh, lot. Okay. There was a lot of overlap. and a lot of other things. There was a <laughs> but... lot of overlap between. 
Saturday morning cartoons and these movies, yeah. I noticed. Oh, 100%. Yeah, we've got Paul Friesen here, who's like Bomber, Troll Number 1, Orc, and Urukai, and mm-hmm. the second one. And he's a prolific voice actor, okay. especially in Rankin-Bath stuff, actually, yeah. uh, including The Traffic Cop from Frosty the Snowman, mm. Burgermeister Meisterburger, yeah. oh Jack gosh. Frost and Frosty 2, Antiquity and Flight of Dragons. That's for you, Valerie, whenever you hear mm-hmm. this. Hi, Valerie. And Santa in a lot of the Rankin-Bath movies. Movies. Wow. Oh. So, yeah. Oh, which then part, I he know his played voice the bit parts. Then. You said. What was that? You just said it was some different pit, bit parts that he Yeah, played. yeah. Oh yeah like, one, of the, one of the dwarves, uh, a troll, orcs, and Urukai. Mm-hmm. Okay. That troll's name is Bert, by the way. Nice. I, that's that's <laughs> something I'll keep in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I, I uh, literally did not uh, know there, that they had names until afterwards. I had to look them up because... Um, I'm glad that that exists yeah. somewhere on the um, internet as fact. I just... But uh, also another person who does a lot of smaller parts... Um, Balin, Goblin, Lord of the Eagles, Troll Number Three, Theoden, Easterling, and the Mouth of Sauron are all Don Messick who we have mentioned before. He's another prolific voice actor, including Scooby-Doo, Bam Bam, Astro, yeah. Muttley, <laughs> Boo Boo and Ranger Smith, Papa Smurf and Azriel, and Hampton J. Pig from Tiny Toon Adventures. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh I have my. a, I have this note in my notes where I like, it's when Denethor shows up. Um, oh yeah. And I'm just like, you know, I'm writing out like, oh, hey, Denethor is here. He's really well voice acted. I wonder who that is. Looks up his IMDb. Boo Boo Bear? What the? <laughs> like, like, that it's guy like, has oh, so okay. much range. What the? How does he do it? Or how did he you do know, it? You know, voice actors, they're, they're, they're amazing. Oh my god, They gosh. really are. Also, um, fun fact. Mm-hmm. So Denethor's voice actor, his name, I can't remember. You just said it, though. No, uh, Denethor is actually Will- William Conrad. It was Theoden that is Don Messick. I'm, I've I think I took my notes wrong then. You know, it happens. There's a yeah. lot of characters. I just I just want to say... Or possibly I took my notes wrong, but I don't think so. We could look it up, but I'm choosing not to. That's fair. Well, anyway. He's one of these, the he's thing, one of these guys. The thing I wanted to say is the guy who, who we just mentioned, who was in Scooby-Doo, was not the yes. only voice actor in Scooby-Doo who was in these movies. Which oh, I, I must have missed one. Who's the other? The other one is the voice actor who plays uh, Mary. Oh, I think I did have that somewhere. Yeah. I, so, I just remembered. <laughs> yeah, so Mary's voice actor also played Shaggy. So it's it yes. was really funny when um, I was Yes, it's Casey up. Kasem. That's yeah, Casey Kasem. Oh, is. okay, yeah. yeah. I, know, Casey Kasem. I know Casey Kasem. It's hard yeah. to tell because Mary's barely in this movie. But I know. <laughs> he, he does, yeah, that's Casey Kasem. Yeah, he does okay. have some some choice lines though <laughs> yeah like he he makes the most of his, his main scene that he gets mm-hmm. but we're on hobbit right now so yeah, uh, yeah. as far as story yeah. and characters yeah, okay sure. i find it so funny that when gandalf first shows up because at least in the <laughs> trilogy so that i'm used to they're <laughs> old friends true. even in the hobbit i mean you know he's you know they're dear friends but he comes across as almost kind of menacing when he comes out of the tree. Yeah. And then, then he he's very close extra. And then he's, he's kind so of like, extra. and then uh, Bilbo was yeah. like, you know, I don't know, was making comments about him. But so you have little Bilbo happily living his life, sitting mm-hmm. in his old chair, enjoying his little garden, enjoying his quiet. And then you have Gandalf, Boom, you need an adventure. And then all of a sudden, his house is filled with these dwarves. Yep, yeah. They were like, 
doing all this stuff. And then they're like, you're going to be our burglar. I'm like, the, what? the pace of this movie is quite yeah. snappy, especially, <laughs> especially when you can compare it in your head to a certain other trilogy. Yeah. That, like, yeah covered these same events and made it excruciatingly long like the the rate at which this adventure gets started is is something but yeah it cracks me up he's so good i was like oh okay i mean he wasn't real thrilled about being called a burglar but other than that that was he went along with it he went along then you just drag him out of his house and then keep making him do everything i wasn't a big fan of the dwarves at all they they were they inspired him they sang the misty mountain and it inspired him he felt the it, it, yeah, I, they're just like, go do it. Go do it. It's kind of like yeah. when I was the youngest of seven and, you know, my siblings oh, in Rebecca, my sister, oh, we no. used to have these things and she'd oh, be like, no. will you do it first, Jan? Because oh, it's like, if you can do it, I can do this it. This is unlocking some deep <laughs> memories for you, I guess. Um, so poor, yeah. poor Bilbo. It's like, go do it. Yes, go yeah. in the mountain I first. Mean, go in that. That's what your contract says. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, I couldn't argue. My contract was vague in several points, yes, which yeah. is hilarious. I know, I know. There I know that line. In in other adaptions, though, um, uh-huh. in the Soviet version, this is even sillier, though, because like oh yeah, um, so <laughs> so you know how Bilbo passes out, yeah, after they like he sees funeral, so that happens in every single version. I think the live action version did that seem funnier, um, mm-hmm. at least the shot of him falling over, but sure, in the yeah. Soviet version. Uh, which is a for those who don't know, there was a Soviet teleplay made of The Hobbit. It was. They made the most of what they had. Uh, there are a lot of <laughs> there's a, it, there are gems in it, um, yeah, including one literal gem. Uh, huh? But it's a, it's a nice movie. I think you know the casting was nice and the choices are interesting, uh, to put it politely. <laughs> but uh, in that version, they're like, oh yeah, you might die on this adventure, and he passes out. And Gandalf, well, Bilbo was passed out. Is like, no, he agrees to the contract. I can speak on his behalf. And it's like, <laughs> even more, like, even more of wow. that. Just like, come on, let's that. go, let's go. Oh I love goodness. it. Oh. oh my goodness. Gandalf is like, I really because that kind of goes along with some of the characterization of Gandalf in this version too. Because mm-hmm. I like have I have like two quotes from him like that are basically back to back of him going, I'm already late because of bothering with you people. It's like, okay, <laughs> wow, Gandalf. And yeah. then keep records so when I see you again later I can note your missteps. And I and I, I wrote that and then put Gandalf oh. continuing to be rude. Yeah. Like, Gandalf, what the heck? Gandalf <laughs> is rude and extra. I have so yes. many yes. times where I note it down. Gandalf is so extra. And that's true in, is. in I think most of the fun adaptions of yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Because there's, like, sometimes he just shows up and there's, like, a bolt of lightning and you're like, oh, Gandalf's back. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, there he is. <laughs> oh, there he is. Um, and no explanation as to where he goes. Hey, it's like, and, yeah. then, and then the dwarves are just so entitled all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, one of them's yeah. like a like a king dude. Yeah. Yeah, but they also go around other... But also, yeah, that's part of <laughs> yeah, the story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's part of the story. Um, well, oh, even, it was funny because they were even entitled to the first, uh, the elf, which I don't remember if he was a king too, with the neat wreath around. Oh, Elrond. 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 Yeah. Oh my gosh. Because like they get, remember, <laughs> I think, or I don't know if they have Bilbo, Burglar, or they somehow get all the weapons. And then 
And then they're just like getting these weapons and like, what does this mean? Read this for me. I mean, just they were. Just I don't know if they said it kind of quite bark, in that yeah. tone. Not quite that tone, but they think he kind of barked the orders even. Well, I maybe a little like, bit. I feel didn't bother me like, too much. Uh, Theoden, Theoden, no, uh, Elrond, Thorin. Thor- Thorin. I feel like yes, Thorin yes, yes. and Elrond had a okay conversation between each other for two people who as far as i know from the lore kind of weren't on a like like elves and dwarves in lord of the rings have had a bad history to put it lightly um so them them getting to at least like speak to each other is pretty good yeah like fairly civil all things considered yeah no i just mean but i just like how he's kind of like tell me what this says uh going back a little bit the the troll thing i felt like that whole situation got taken care of very quickly like they're just like we got them and then gandalf's like hey guys i'm back and here's the sun and they're like well okay (laughs) yeah i feel like i mean part of it is i didn't hate it but it was they have to condense stuff for time because exactly. it's a movie that has to fit in a time slot. Yeah. Um, but also, like, that that chapter in the book is kind of just, like, yeah, Bilbo sort of does stuff, more stuff in the book than in the movie. But yeah. he still, it still just does, like, get resolved pretty quickly of, oh, hey, look, the sun. <laughs> yeah. Isn't there, um, I know that there is a live action, but I think in the book, too, it's been a long time. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, it d- isn't part of the thing that he's, like, talking at them and distracting them until the sun comes up? I or... think so. I don't have yeah, a perfect because that, that wasn't in this version at all. Yeah, in this version, um, it was just the trolls arguing with each other. <laughs> exactly. I also, I really, uh, one of the trolls, his name is Tom. He's the one with the tusks, I assume. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I love that they gave him tusks. That came from nowhere. And I love it. It's great. <laughs> It's a good choice, definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, also, that's where I think I was most put out with the dwarves. It's like, here's a great idea. We're sitting around here, and there's these huge <laughs> trolls. These guys. There's these huge trolls in in the next camp, and and Bilbo go there and steal their food. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a great idea. Nothing, yeah. nothing and, could possibly yeah, go and wrong. And that's in your contract, and you have to do it. Yeah. Go, go get it. I that was. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. the, I just have actually quick question. Uh, yeah. rolling back how did you feel about like the shots like this is a weird question but how did you feel about the shots of them like walking because I feel I don't like there was a bunch of shots of them walking through these narrow paths and through the rocks and there, I liked there it. is a lot of those yeah I liked it I'm just curious how you felt about it I, I like it yeah um like when they're on the I side don't know of if the I thought stuff too or yeah, I think in general I mean there's a lot of yeah. shots of that sort of thing yeah. I did I guess I didn't necessarily think too much of it, but I didn't mm-hmm. certainly didn't mind it. It made it. I like how it's just like, rocks. hey, they're going on this journey. They're having to go through. Yeah, like, I made a lot of notes about rocks. We can get into that later. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. Uh, but yeah, that troll scene has another one of my Gandalf does not know how to be less than extra. <laughs> no, no. I yeah. love it's like it is I. I'm here. Get wrecked. Yeah, <laughs> and then they did. And they got wrecked. Mm-hmm. Uh, this well, is. I found myself oh, yeah. sorry. I was just gonna say I found myself empathizing with the trolls. They were just <laughs> living their lives, eating they their eat food. People, and then they the do dwarves, eat people. Well, I yeah, because they walked up 
to them. No, but I mean in general. Like If they had people. the choice uh, to eat people, they would eat people. They were literally like, oh, this looks way better than what we were eating, these actual people. And yeah, they were bothered, but it's like, you know, don't have too much sympathy for well, them, is all yeah, we're saying. I'm not saying, but yeah. They kind of caused, they created their own problem. Sure, yeah. Like, they did, it did kind of feel like they poked a hornet's nest, so mm-hmm. to speak. Yeah, and I guess, too, is that that scene especially, the dwarves do next to nothing to help themselves. I mean, oh, at no, least they just, just come across, again, <laughs> next thing you know, they're all in bags. It's like, you don't see any of them trying to fight I the mean, trolls, anything. That's they pretty just, true for... Like Most the, the whole movie, movie yeah. really. Yeah. yeah. Like they really don't have a whole lot of agency of their own they because don't. ultimately it's a story about Bilbo. So, you know. Oh. Yeah. I, this is way later in the movie, but I uh, quite enjoyed Bilbo and Smog's whole conversation. Oh, um, I feel oh, like, I so feel like the voice thought. actors were doing like a great, so, a great job with that back yeah. and forth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Orson Bean, I don't know what else he is. He played Bilbo. He did fine. Um, I yes. tried to look up like him doing other stuff, and I saw some interview with him from the '90s where he said some kind of unsavory things. Um, oh no! Which was go- Orson being problematic, fave. He's not even fave. I mean, he, I'm pretty sure he's one passed away, and also uh, well, he said, "Like this is an interview from 30 years ago." Yeah, 30, fair. 30 years is the a long '90s time. was not a, a great time for '90s society in terms of saying saying things yeah but yeah so or- orson bean i don't know what else he was in he's a fairly unfamiliar actor to me but he does great with that and then richard boone who is the best actor to play smog ever hands down uh-huh. like like richard Bo- like they picked this guy who up to that point had starred primarily as like villains in westerns or just like <laughs> Action, like he was in westerns he was in a movie called i think the last dinosaur where he played this like grizzled old hunter guy who nice there's this scientist girl and she's like no we have to study it we have to take pictures and leave only footprints and he's like no that's a f- dinosaur it's going to kill us and i have a gun i'm going to kill it and, it's and now just, he's a dragon. And now he's a dragon. They picked this guy who you would never expect to be in a fantasy film, and they it's so good. And he takes the lines and does Smog's boast so well. And I know that they pu- pulled those lines, like a lot of that stuff from the book, because yeah, like that this version in the Soviet teleplay, Smog's boast is very true to the text, and both these. Ver- both those versions and i just love smog's boast so much i love how during well bilbo's a thing i also noticed is oh gosh so the, <laughs> the uh music cuts out during yeah there's a lack of m- music during bilbo and smog going back and forth and it only cuts back in when smog's boast begins which just oh my gosh Oh, it's so it's so good. It's so good. It's, it's good. It's um, I love it. Mom, you have stated that you prefer a different voice actor for Smog. Do you want to speak on it's it at Sean all? Sean Connery. Sean Connery. What? Not Sean Connery. But um, oh well, no. Um, Patrick Stewart. Wait, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> okay, well, they I thought dragons before. Who did I? We're say? not talking about dragons. We're talking about Smog specifically like the dragon oh. smog who also 
Oh gosh, I have a note. So here. Benedict Cumberpatch would be the one that you oh, know. Oh, from I'm so sorry from the movie, but I'm we're I'm not, thinking we're not of... talking about certain '90s dragon movies <laughs> know, right now, sorry. Mom. Sorry. We have enough to cover here. Sorry. Yeah, I also <laughs> yes. Can I can I real quick say what? one of my favorite notes that I wrote? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, in my notes, uh, for those of you who have read lots of Lord of the Rings, uh, can prove me wrong about this in the comments or whatever. One of my notes, in, which I have bolded here, is and Kagalon wouldn't boast like that. I have no idea. Like, why did I write that? Who? Uh, I don't and, know. Why did and, you write and, that? And Kagalon the Black is the largest dragon to ever live in uh, the Lord uh, in Middle Earth. Uh, I don't even know if he oh. existed in Middle Earth, but he was there and he did uh-huh. stuff in the Silmarillion and he was in Kagalon the Black. He was the big, 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 big dragon. Way Maria bigger than Smaug. Dork. Smaug, <laughs> Smaug is tiny. Like, can we just... Smaug is, like, at most 20 meters long, and there are literally dragons, like, a kilometer long in Tolkien's mythology. In, in the... Like, Smaug is tiny. Uh-huh. He's big by our standards because we're humans. But by I really tra- love the dragon talk. But <laughs> what about Benedict Cumberbatch? <laughs> no, actually, no more about that, man. Yeah. Let's actually, the last thing that I want to talk about with Hobbit before we uh, spend some time on Return of the King is Gollum, because I feel like he's the other oh, yes. like main thing that we need to talk about from this also, movie, because he's also in the next but also one. Also Bard. Uh, I'm, we could spend a little bit of time on Bard, but first okay. Gollum. Um what did you think of this version of Gollum, Mom? I'm very I, yeah. curious. And when I well, I wish they had had like even Liam O'Brien has voiced the Mom. Voice this of is Gollum from like 1970. Oh. Liam O'Brien wasn't like, born yet. This, yeah. this came out this this came out the same year as Star Wars. Yeah, you need he to have like, a little. Yeah, like, yeah, he looked like a big frog. So I, I love that he looked yeah. like a frog. It was just I, uh, yeah. It was it was very interesting. I mean, a different, a completely different take. Definitely, it could be worse. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm kind of his his voice actor in the cre- in the credits at the beginning of the movie was credited as Theodore. Yeah, like just Theodore. I and looked, I, and I'm like, I don't know who you are, but I, I like I, that. I, That's you, a can, you can find. Yeah. Um, I think if you look up like Brother Theodore, you can find a lot yeah. of his Brother stuff. Theodore is what I have. Yeah, and he, I've listened, I listened to like a monologue or two from him as research uh-huh. and oh my gosh he's a character like he the person <laughs> puts on this persona when he's on the stage and he does i think he does this bit where he goes on talk shows and he's like insists on sitting in the in the host seat and he's like no you yeah. sit you sit on the guest seat i'll t- i'll take your desk <laughs> and it's so funny it's great that's so silly um it's really cool also him and uh otto are both people Preminger. from yeah are both people from like Central Europe, and they both are in this movie, and I think that's cool. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, I think, I think he did a good job. Like, mm-hmm. I don't talking about which version of Gollum I like better is is like I might think differently than this version, but I still really liked this version a lot. Yeah, yeah, and I I liked that he's so different than what's in my head as what Gollum looks like, mm-hmm. and he he was like manic you know and like he's got like whatever the the ring's done to him Mm -hmm. uh but but like in a way that's like feels a little familiar to having seen the live action but like significantly different i don't know i i like it 
I think what it goes along with me is all of like even the orcs and things yeah. again the the bad guys or or you know who they paint as the bad guys or the they're they're kind of cute and so along <laughs> with that you know Gollum I'm they're so ugly cute I'm so yeah. used to Gollum being so not only creepy but almost because of that uncanny valley type creepy and all of that so he was I think a good creepy you know like but it wasn't. A gross, yeah. scary, creepy. You're like you're, yeah. you're a frog yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. I have, yeah, I have two notes here that I want to be sure I mention. Uh, okay. One of the notes I took, uh, which I'm really glad that I took, is I'm glad Golem looks like a frog instead of old Greg. In the Soviet <laughs> version, he looks like old Greg. I can't, like, if you see it, you see it. Like, <laughs> I, I hate what you've done here. <laughs> Please, please tell me your second note. <laughs> uh, my second note is okay. So when when Gollum freaks out, his eyes do this thing. Yeah, I love yeah. the eyes. His eyes are yes. so well animated, Agreed. and they do this thing. And and I'm going to talk about this a little bit more uh, during Return of the King. But I really like how Topcraft into Studio Ghibli animates emotions, like really strong emotions. Yes. it's so good. Yeah. And I feel like it, yeah, definitely. I feel like and there's like a like video essay out there. like how he's like chilling on a boat thing. <laughs> yeah. Like when, oh, yeah, yeah. When, he's got when, his like log or whatever. Yeah. yeah and then, good. And then too, you know, I found it interesting that he didn't know where he put the ring and he's looking in his little hut. Yeah, that's and a mood. All of that. But yeah. He, yeah. That's a mood. And I also liked his hands that were kind of webbed. That was the, the other thing that mm-hmm. was, that made him he's got more menacing qualities. kind of, but not horribly creepy. Yeah. Yeah. But just, Yeah. Let's talk some about Return of the King, because, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's a, it's already been some time. Okay. <laughs> Let's but, talk a little bit about Bard. Return of the King. <laughs> okay, one note about Bard. Bard's my favorite character. He's so good. His uh-huh. the the Black Arrow speech it, that yeah. Bard does the has so much emotional weight behind it. Like I go back and watch that time and time again because it's just such a good moment and in my perfect version of Lord of the Rings that's how it happens Bard nice. makes this big speech about his era. Yeah, I feel like mom shared a look with me up yeah. at, when he was given that speech too I feel like you you appreciated that mom and it was the guy that the, yeah who, the who guy shoots small yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's much better than some action scene in some uh-huh <laughs> yeah yeah it sure is we're just gonna keep also fun we're just fact, gonna keep hitting on that other yeah also fun fact <laughs> the guy who played bard uh also was in johnny quest and little nemo and oh, at some point yeah, yeah. played dr stranger so that's just nice. another another point uh, in which I find a certain voice actor better than another voice actor from another Lord of the Rings movie. Uh-huh. Very nice. Jab, jab. Let's talk some about The Return of the King. I have a, I have a couple of notes that kind of just all go together in terms of mm-hmm. theme. Uh, starting with, oh, all this stuff happened, let me tell you about it, mm-hmm. is a choice. Yeah. Um, it's, it's... And then... Like, I was willing to go along with that choice or whatever, uh, but kind of the more that it went on there with that beginning, I was like, it's it's really rough trying to get into a, a big epic story about two thirds of the way through it. Uh, it's like, oh, yeah, uh, he did some stuff and now uh, Frodo's in this tower and Sam has to save him. This is the beginning of the movie. And mm-hmm. it's it's a lot. It's a lot to like. Yeah. To go to go with. And and then just as the movie kind of continues, I'm just like, it's just there's 
it's way too many characters and situations to be told about in the first third of a movie. And the only reason I feel like I can keep up with this at all is because I already know this story. And I feel like someone who's like, I've never seen Lord of the Rings. I'm going to start with The Hobbit and the thing that I've told is a sequel to The Hobbit, The Return of the King. I feel like that person's going to be utterly lost. Yeah. And they even yeah, still that's... cut down some characters. Like, where's Faramir? Sh- yeah. yeah. Oh, Faramir is like... He's in there. Maybe at the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah he's in. He's handsome. And then Legolas, you like, see a, a couple of times. I don't even... Gimli might have been in there. No, I'm not, not even he's sure. Not, he's not. Gimli's just not even in there. Like, yeah. which is there's weird. Just... His dad was in the previous movie. Grandfather? Yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, there's just there's so much that needs to be in here, and I guess I also question the use of some of the time because <laughs> here's another series of notes. Yes. This is a very long dream sequence, mm-hmm. and yeah, then another dream sequence right after. And then let's scroll down a little bit. The dream uh, sequences are And now we're showing though. Frodo leave on the white ship. This movie needs to chill with moving away from the current action. And then, and we're dreaming again. But with that last dream, I did have one other important note, note which was, OMFG, I'm dying. The friend neighbor orc I love. When they're like, yeah. they like oh, wave. Yes. And oh that other gosh. orc like waves back and yes. smiles. That was... That yeah, almost made every dream sequence worth it because yeah. I enjoyed that so, so much. So I... I really so I'm gonna defend each of these dream sequences individually. Okay, so one, do it. There's Go the Samwise the Strong scene where yes. Sam is tempted by the ring, which right. obviously he's gonna be tempted by the ring. It's Frodo's right. burden to bear. Sam can't do it. He can carry Frodo, but he can't carry the ring. Yes, and we because you didn't have Fellowship, where you see like Boromir doing all that stuff. Yeah, uh, and you don't really get this. It, it builds this sort of feeling of how the ring works. They don't have the space to show, to introduce and then show Boromir and show him being like, right. wait, I was wrong. You can't just use the ring to defeat Sauron. So they have Samwise do it. I think that's a good way to incorporate that story detail of how it's, you, you can't, you can't use the ring to destroy Sauron because mm-hmm. if you use the ring, you're working for him no matter what you do, eventually. What about the dream sequence right after that where he imagines a happy life? What about that one? Um, which, which song plays during that? I forget. I don't remember. Uh, that one has a song, right? Is, is it... I don't... Um, there might have been... It's hard to tell because they kind of, like, flow in and out of the movie. Uh, yeah, so I there might have been. I, think... I just know it was, like, right... It was right after the whole thing when then he's like no i can't do that and he talks for like 15 seconds and starts walking and then it's another dream sequence where he's imagining having like children and a wife and yeah stuff. um okay so that yeah that is during a song and that song is the last can be more which makes me cry. yeah that's right and since right, that song right. is so good i love that <laughs> dream sequence so okay i guess fair okay it's just such okay. a lovely song and what's has the a next one then there's the I one yearn for it <laughs> Then there's the one where uh, where Frodo thinks about sailing away on the ship. Um, is that the one with the happy orc? No, 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 not no. yet. I don't remember that. It's the one where he he just like thinks about like he like looks out the I window mean, and talks him. about the el- the elves are leaving or something, and then it shows him on the ship leaving 
And then it just goes back to them. That might have been... And, I mean... Okay, so in <laughs> Fellowship of the Ring, that, that uh-huh. is a scene that happens. When he when they are in Fellowship, when they are in Rivendell, Frodo has a dream in which he envisions himself sailing on the white ships. And it are is you sure that we need a vision. to have that dream, though? Well, he <laughs> are you sure to... that that's necessary? I mean, he's talking Given the about... Fact we never got to be in Rivendell and see any of that. He's talking about the poignance of the the War of the Ring and how... Yes, I'm taking... Okay, this is my weakest uh-huh. defense. I will admit. Okay. But okay, yeah. he's, he's taking time to emphasize the poignance of his actions and how he... How, like, the War of the Ring is the end of an age, and this is an important thing, uh-huh. and it ties into... Like uh, Tolkien's worldview, because I feel like we, pr- I feel like we probably could have talked about that stuff later, especially since you know, end of the movie does involve a similar thing. Oh, that's in spoilers, but I think I'm gonna, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm giving you the first two. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think I'm gonna give you this one, that's and then fair. the fourth, the fourth one is is the dream sequence that has the neighbor and i mean i guess that dream sequence is yeah. worth it just for that yeah, part. yeah we should have we, we should have had though the neighbors back when in the second one because then you well, we have didn't have an extra the, in the second one that's that's sam thinking about yeah, his sam wife future. and children yeah, the other one is well yeah, frodo's is like a weird kind of it starts <laughs> as a dream and then kind of goes into a nightmare so like that yeah, I don't think that would make yeah. sense for no, Sam. There's, um, yeah, and and the song that plays during the dream sequence with the orc neighbor, who one the orc like I love that scene. I, like, I love it. Our orcs he like has this evil. nice smile. He has, and like, I'm like, they're friends. Yeah, I love that yeah. Frodo's good good timeline of him growing old in the Shire includes the orcs. You know, not like orcs without Sauron in his. And my worldview are just people. They're just people yeah. in the same way that dwarves are people. I subscribe to this world. They were cute. Yeah. They were cute in this. They're so cute. Yeah, I like. There's a little dance they do at some point when the black ship. <laughs> yes. Or, or, yeah, oh, yeah, spoilers, yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> oh yeah, that's yeah, like what were you? Gonna my say? biggest thing is this movie jumped around, and I mm-hmm. again, if I didn't know the story, and it's been a while, but I mean, if I wasn't so familiar with the Lord of the Ring trilogy i would be lost Mm -hmm. and i also feel like they cut out really important things and characters and even for example the little bit that they showed aragon aragorn Aragorn, they don't show his contribution to any of the action and the payoff there was not good especially with something ominous that they bring up and that he should have had a very prominent part of that which they don't end up showing I don't like how they handled the um, the niece. What is her name? Eowyn. Eowyn. My fa- oh, I love Eowyn. Uh, I don't think that paid. Yeah, and, and yeah, I'll stay vague with that. But the payoff there, even her basically telling about herself before the action happens, I feel like is kind of silly. You didn't like that as much. I didn't like that as much. And then I also don't feel like they developed one the bond between all of the hobbits and even with Mary and Pippin and even their relationships with other people. Mm-hmm. So Mary's relationship with those who he was with Pippin. And so those payoffs were not good for me. And then at the end of the movie, them all emotions that they were feeling at different parts of the end of the movie. Again, that payoff just ha- that 
bond between even all of them together hadn't been established for me. I feel like you're right. There's a lot of characters and not enough time to really get everything um, yeah. and build up and pay off. Although I, I will say Frodo and Sam's friendship is pretty well shown in this movie, yes. I, I think. Yes, they I definitely agree. like have um, the most time spent on them yeah. out of pretty much anyone. But so. I, and I, I, do, I do kind of disagree, though, that it jumps around because they do, I feel like there's a moment in spoilers where I'll talk about how I feel like the story, like it bounces between like Aragorn and Frodo. And I feel like there's bits of narration and stuff that explains why both these stories matter and why you couldn't tell one without the other. Um, Mm -hmm. It would be really interesting to see a Lord of the Rings movie where it's literally just Frodo and you don't pay attention to anyone else. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think that movie would be bad. But I don't think that movie would be good. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. fair. I think I don't know exactly how Mom feels. I guess to me, when I talk about the movie jumping around, I don't necessarily so much mean all, with it that it's always jumping around between locations, but it's also like having those inserts of the the dream sequences it's okay now we're with mary a little bit now we're with pippin and then we're back with frodo and sam and then we're with them for like 15 or 20 minutes and it feels like it's just a lot of them having a bad time walking and like i understand the walking. importance of them having a bad time walking yeah <laughs> uh but I like how the rocks were the the pacing i guess feels a little off to me in terms of the some of the scenes feel like they go on too long to make the point and others feel like they don't go on nearly long enough to make any point and i just mm. i feel it it feels to me a lot like a movie that needed another pass or two to really make key decisions about what where the time investments need to go like you know the story that you want to tell, you need to figure out the amount of backstory that you haven't already told because you didn't do the other two and how to most quickly get that in there. There was there was too much where like I'm just hearing Sam talk in his head to himself for, oh, for yeah. like 20 or 30 minutes. And it's just yeah. a little it's a little too much time with Sam in his head. There's yeah. just it feels it does ultimately leave you with feeling like you care about Sam and Frodo the most, but I feel mm-hmm. like that probably still could have been done and maybe also made me care about some of the other characters better. And also I feel me personally, the main reason I care about Sam and Frodo is because of these other versions that I've seen in just this movie. I often kind of found them annoying even though I, I, I like understood, yes, this is hard and this is difficult and you guys are facing difficulties and Frodo's constantly exhausted. But it's just like, I guess because I haven't seen them in another movie, this is the only way that I've seen them. And it just gets old quickly seeing Frodo be like, I need I need to lay down again. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I get I it. Know, and, then Fro- and then Sam's like, no, we got, we got to keep going on Mr. Frodo. Mr. Frodo. And I'm like, <laughs> I hope Sir. you appreciate these random voices I'm doing. That is not remotely what they were in the movie. Um, I like it's your just, accent, especially for, for Sam. Yeah. I don't even know what I'm doing. I think I, you were pretty spot on. Yeah. I would cast you a Samwise yeah. Gamgee if you wanted yeah. to talk. Thank you. Thank you. I, I am auditioning. Okay. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I just, I guess I see, I see a lot of good bits in here, but mm-hmm. I'm just, I don't yeah. feel like they're used well enough yeah. to make a, a good enough hole. That's fair. Yeah, and That's I think you articulated well what I was feeling because Thanks. I think it was during some of those long um, bits with Sam and. Frodo, that I was almost falling asleep at one point, and you said you were almost, I was, falling, I was falling asleep, asleep at one <laughs> And then, fortunately, the bop, the great bop, which I know we'll yeah. talk about, oh, we'll, yeah. we'll talk about it. But there but is the there's a long stretch of them walking. Yeah. But then the sh- the movie does fortunately throw it like the the most opportune moment, like a big kick in the pants that was like, okay, yeah, okay, I was I'm in here in again. Then, yeah, yeah, I was awake, and but I was, we'll talk I about that in, in music. In but yeah, <laughs> it's 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 great. It is. Um, I do have a question about Sam's narration or Sam's yes. uh, internal internal monologue. Yeah. Do you think would how do you think this movie would be if have you seen Blade Runner? <laughs> no, I haven't actually. Okay. I've never actually seen that. So, but so I have heard that it had a problem in its original run with over narration. Yeah. And also, I love a movie called Rockadoodle. It's a trash fire movie. Yeah. Um and it Same but issues. it has a horrific a horrific over narration problem. Yeah. Do you feel <laughs> and like I've seen a cut where they tried to remove as much as they could and like it's still it's still a broken movie that like I am not mm. justified in enjoying, but <laughs> it's I it was better, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Without do all you, that narration. Do you think this this movie would be better like like i think it needed i think it does need some i think that it's almost impossible to be alone with sam that long without any of it Mm -hmm. i feel like it probably should have been toned down uh and i'm not i'm not entirely sure because you know it's not like rankin bass had a huge budget um and yeah. it's not like they gave themselves a ton of time to do it so i'm not entirely sure what the better course would be but i wasn't satisfied with it as it was yeah i i don't know i i i think i was distracted from his monologue at some points too just by like me enjoying other bits of it like there's a lot of nice scenery and stuff so i think yeah. i think i have a higher tolerance for that sort of thing where i'm like ooh, getting That's inside fair. sam's head and ooh, look at those rocks and oh look at the fire and Oh, the Watchers are in this? They're not in the Peter Jackson version. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Uh, it's like, oh, hello, these. I forgot about you. Yeah. I, f- disclosure on what I've read. I'm pretty sure I've read The Hobbit at some point in the past. Mm-hmm. And then I started reading Fellowship of the Ring after I'd already seen the live action version, but before the other two movies were out. And I, I read... Uh, maybe a half of it um and so i I know tom bombadil Uh, so i read uh, somewhere around half of it maybe a little over um and was then like oh but i want to read i want to read the other two before they come out so then i like stopped reading fellowship and never went back and finished it and read two towers and return of the king uh but (laughs) it's been a long time i have only ever read them the once yeah um, I do have to say, though, that when Sam finally did reach Frodo, I was like, okay, good. There's still plenty of gay vibes in this version. Yeah. Like, I have I have a lot of notes on how, like, oh, they're such good friends. I love, I love the <laughs> bond between these two men. And then there's uh-huh, a uh-huh. moment where Frodo, or one of them kisses the other on the forehead. And I'm just like, aww. 
That's wonderful. I love it. That can I and I'm sure I'm sure you're you're like Sam. It's time for you to reimagine your future, and you're not going to have a wife anymore. But yeah, I I got really happy on that moment. One because like it's just a nice soft moment, and also yeah, it's cute. I imagined how you would react, and my imagined version uh-huh. of you reacting to that moment, I think, is true. Of you, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> reading some subtext on it. Uh huh. I sure did. Great. I'm happy. I read, I read subtext into a Russian film that we watched recently called The Key. That's literally like a moralistic tale about the values that you, as a Russian citizen, should should have. And I literally was like, these two old men. I think they might be more than just friends. They seem to really care <laughs> about each other. <laughs> Do I have to watch that movie now? No. Okay, but I do <laughs> need to watch. I do, I do need to watch Last Unicorn because I like the animation in these oh, movies. Oh yeah, it's been a long seen. while since mm-hmm. I watched that one. Yeah, I haven't seen that. One movie. thing that I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong, but mm-hmm. that they toned down in the live action version is him calling Frodo Master so much. I think he still did it because quite a bit. Did he? I, I think just feel so. like he just did it a lot in this movie. Yeah. I think he still does it a and, lot. I think it's just he says it a little different. And it's interesting because they don't really. It's just Mr., I think. In the beginning, it set up and explained kind Mr. of their Frodo. relationship. It was just. Because again, Master is is kind of like a title. Well, yeah, because Frodo's like, like, yeah. Yeah, but, it it, is. but it's almost as if he's his servant and he's his master, you know, or something. It's just yeah, kind of I, I get you. Um, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. I think there's a good line that I think softens that sort of, I don't, I don't want to say like cultural divide between me and the hobbits, but like, you get what I mean, right? Um, yeah. Where... After the Samwise the Strong sequence, Sam says something to the effect of, no, no, I'm not a leader. I just need a garden. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it, yeah. And I I feel like that tells us, or at least tells me a lot about his character, or at least how his character has been interpreted in this film, because I have uh, me opinions. (laughs) So, I love both of you a lot. We are already over an hour yep. and not even through this first part. Sure. So, I'm going to speed us sure. along a little bit. Sure, sure. Okay. I do have to say that I can't handle the Nazgul leader's voice in Return that's of the Oh, fair. yes. That's oh, that was I said that. That's, that's like, a, not a great choice. I love yes. not oh my gosh. I just laughed. I yeah. literally started laughing when he talked the first time. He sounds absurd. He just does not sound menacing <laughs> at all. And he was the coolest looking of the. the no, race. he does look cool. He's yeah. the coolest looking of the race, and then he has a ridiculous voice. Yeah, just looking at my notes from that scene. So uh, he shows up directly after my favorite character in all of Lord of the Rings, uh, Grond, uh, oh, who. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. I'm holding it in. Um, <sighs> and so you know you have the orc. It's the it's the it's the, the it's the, the battering ram. I love Grand. Grand. Oh, oh Grand is so oh, good. It's so big. We can't. We can't. We can't. <laughs> it's but so you have Grand, the orc drum corps, they beat down the door, then uh-huh. there's this beautiful fire animation and stalwart Gandalf confronts the witch king of Agmar and he sounds yep. like He's blinking Skeletor. He sure does. Um, Let's talk some about animation. Can't spend too terribly long on it Mm -hmm. because we've already spent a long time. But the... The backgrounds are gorgeous, yes. um, especially yes. especially I was noticing it in The Hobbit. Uh, mm-hmm. Very beautiful backgrounds. I like 
the creature designs a whole lot in general, yes. like the trolls, the, the guy with the tusk, like you said, uh, the goblin designs with their huge mouths, yeah. Gollum, be- Gollum being like a toad dude. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like mm-hmm. it's, it's oh, the, the, the creepy smi- spiders. Smog's design is great because he's like a cat dragon. I love the amount of hair he has. You don't see that yeah, on dragons. He's so fluffy. Yeah. Like that's how that's like my dragon feelings. Fluffy dragon. Ghost. The scruffy voice of the person you described. Mm-hmm. He looked scruffy. He looked like a scruffy cat dragon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Richard Boone, you mean? Smog. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Richard, the yeah, animation yeah. and the voice acting really comes together. Richard Boone did great. The animators did great. Smog looks Definitely. amazing. Yeah. Much better than a Soviet puppet. Much better than a CJIS. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Agreed. Um, the fire. The, the, the way that deaths were... F- uh, done in the Hobbit mm. was mm-hmm. not my favorite. Yeah, uh, with how the it's like, oh, we hit someone with a sword, and now the whole camera spins, and yeah. now they're gone. It's like a like, kaleidoscope. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a it's a choice. I mean, Smokes was actually like the first death that didn't do that, and it was yeah. a lot better because of it. It's it's a choice. Mm-hmm. Can I go off on a second for a second on on? Don't spend too long, but yes. Okay. Um, Speaking of Smog, there's the when he's first of all his animation is so violent and it really fits him. Mm-hmm. And yes. there's when he's flying towards Lake Town, he spews fire, yeah. and there's this like he's just like this burning thing in the sky and i just love how they animate fire like there's so many times where i just note down like oh that fire is so beautiful and when they have to animate these really violent moments and like the coloration of the scene gets different great work on colors the fire looks great i love rock they i like how they draw rocks the rocks look nice They're they're good rocks. Oh, uh, and I like the evil mammoths that was the Olaf uh, oh, in yeah. Return love, of the King. I love how that's a good. Woolly. I like that. I d- I did <laughs> yes, make exactly. A note of I love and how. I, woolly and did you notice that Gollum was a little more green in Return of the King? Yes, yeah. lighter green. Yeah, that yeah so, that makes sense. choice. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. I was going to say I really also appreciated the consistency mm-hmm. between the Hobbit and yes. the Lord and and the Return of the King. Mm-hmm. And even though they age, obviously, and Bilbo was supposed to be a lot older, it was still recognizable. And, yeah. And yeah. the thing is, with since this is Rankin Bass and seeing the the Frosty <laughs> sequels, Frosty did not look the same in any of them, and weird head proportions that's, and all of that. Yeah, that's So fair. I was really <laughs> yeah. appreciative of the fact that you know, again, Bilbo looked like Bilbo. Um, Gala, I mean, sorry, uh, white. Gandalf. Gandalf. Gandalf looked like Gandalf and whatever. <laughs> they had consistency that in those characters. Yeah. Yes, it did. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, def- definitely. And even Gollum, other than the color, he still... Yeah, he still looks like Gollum. I also... Yeah. I really like how they exaggerate proportions. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like... Like, one, Pippin being, like, a bean... I think that's just yeah. a good choice. And it, it it's especially funny when he says, a devil's armada. And you're like, <laughs> that's, you're like, all right, Pippin. That's, 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 that's Shaggy's voice actor. Did Tolkien make him say that? So silly. Um, and then also the human characters who all like have their various, uh, like, I don't think a live action man can look how Aragorn looked in this movie. And, I mean, Aragorn's always attractive. He's just always attractive. It's just true to me. 
But I didn't think this one was. I, knew, I think I like Aragorn. I'm sorry. I, I just so have to disagree with you there. I was so not happy with Aragorn. I didn't like his voice, and I didn't like how oh, he looked. I thought I. I thought I thought he looked good, but also just to clarify, I'm a really only into the ladies. So yeah, yeah. I, I can only go so yeah. far down this road. You know what? I forgot Vino's last name that played Aragorn in the live the, action. Vigo Mortensen. Vigo. Yes. Yeah. Vigo um, Mortensen. You know, it's just hard to top him. And then of course, um, the, who plays Legolas. Oh, um, Legolas isn't even in here. I know, Orlando but I Bloom. just mean, but even, yeah, the little bit that you saw him. And then right. I miss seeing um, Gumbly. I'm <laughs> saying it wrong. Gimbley. I said Gumbly. Wait, wait, how do I say his Gimbley. name? His name's Gumbly from now on. Gumbly. Um, He's let's, the dwarf. Let's um, talk about sound design. I love you guys, but I got it. Okay, some, one. Uh, very quick. Very in, quick. In my, and I think, Danica, because this will appeal to you. Uh, in my oh, notes, yeah. at least three times, I have written, Eowyn is so pretty. She, she is, is so pretty. pretty. I, yeah. Her her confrontation could be better voice acted, but that's my that's my version of Eowyn. She's mm-hmm. great. She is she, pretty. She's pretty. She's she so pretty. Cool, she cool lady with swords. She's so, so pretty. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I do enjoy that aspect. I, Let's go on to sound design, mm-hmm. because we definitely need to talk some about the music in these mm-hmm. movies. For mm-hmm. sure, um, for sure. I find... What I find most interesting about it is kind of the in in both of the movies, kind of the way that the music like kind of fades in and out. Like sometimes yeah. it's a pretty sharp transition into it, but a lot of times it just kind of like mm-hmm. starts up underneath and then kind yeah. of grows and and waves. The only time I feel like it didn't work very well was in The Hobbit during the scene with Elrond. It it felt yeah. It felt like the actual background music, and then the song was still playing. No, it was too, and it they were kind of yeah, and they were kind of just like it wasn't working. Like it was yeah. like you're playing two pieces of background music at the same time. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> Pick um, one. Yeah, there's, and I feel like um, as far as sung music, I like yeah. For the most part, I feel like The Hobbit uses its music better. I think in so. the film. I do think Return of the King has a better soundtrack overall because it has three songs that make me cry, which are, you know, It's Not Easy Not to Try, Leave Tomorrow Until uh-huh. It's Come, Less Can Be More. But right. also the use of light mo- light motifs or whatever in yes. Return of the Kings was much better. Uh, yeah, I, didn't, I definitely noticed that a lot. There was a moment I want to make a, I made a note about of there's... When Bilbo is having that hesitation when he's going into the Lonely Mountain and he like can smell smoke and he's like, should I, should I really be doing this right now? And the greatest adventure sort of swells up beneath him and he gets that yeah. confidence and talks to the thrush and then goes in and that's just, that's just good music. That's just good music. Yeah, that's, I love it's it. a good use of that. Yeah. Uh, I also really like the Goblin Town song. Oh my gosh, um, it's so good. That w- when that music just starts up, like yeah. it's 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 big. It's just taking over everything. That music, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. good stuff. Best song. And then I also I also just wrote roll roll rolling down the hole. So I clearly <laughs> like that one too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we okay. But we do have to. The Return of the King has a song that mm-hmm. Mom and I. Liked do you like it a little more, bit? Do you like it more than Down Down to Goblin Town? I mm. do. Okay, I do like it a little more. Yeah, mm-hmm. where there's a whip, there's a way. Is oh my god, such where a bop. There's no whip. Yeah, it's there's it's so catchy, and then that that like guitar or whatever is yeah. just like going ham. 
it's just like that one uh, yeah oh gosh. it's so good we don't want to go to war today and it's it just also, so, like, it also it's so good yeah it was so great yeah. that woke me up from my almost falling yes. asleep and then i just it was got the song that, that we pop. needed at the yeah. moment we needed it, it most was. yeah it really it yeah also i'm gonna say Tower of the Teeth is probably my second favorite track on the Return of the Kings uh, soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. That's, um, which one is that? The uh, name is that's when they're when yeah the they're choice of evils the, when the they're going to the Tower of the Teeth and they the gate. yeah and they meet the mouth of Sauron yeah, yeah, yeah. who I think is yeah good as good as the live action in that scene. Uh, but anyway, yeah. focusing on the music. It feels even a little bit diegetic, like Aragorn is mm, yeah. marching an army and the orcs are just like, yeah. yo, screw Better you. retreat. <laughs> you, you shouldn't do this. Like, can't you see what's and then going he's on? Like, and then he's like, and he's like, enough. And then the song's over and you're like, oh, okay. Well. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, no, it, do, it did. It's, it's like, it's like he was telling them to stop singing at him. Yeah, it's great. I love, yeah. I love when music is diegetic in a thing. So I'm choosing to interpret that as that. But isn't it, sorry, in the live action real quick, just go there. Isn't oh. it where, where Aragorn is going back and forth writing, there may come a day when oh my God. man shall fall, but it is not this day. Oh you can't replace that. That oh is God. the best speech That's ever. Fair. I would, I, I think in my perfect version, <laughs> it, both. Both those, uh, both the mouth of Sauron's. It just cuts between. Yeah, yeah it will yeah, cut between. Yeah. It might use the visual of one, but the audio of another. I love you dorks very much. Let's go on to the part that our podcast is named after. How's it hold up? I don't actually have notes here. Um, um, just by virtue of how the stories are written, there's like virtually no women in them, except for the one moment where there is. True. <laughs> um, True. So, you know. Like that could have been better. Yeah, um, I but feel generally, like, I'm even trying to remember where's the. Oh, okay, yeah, got it. Yeah, I have on. some. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> I have like some the... notes. So I will say, I will yeah. say, the themes in the Hobbit do hmm. hold up. It's a nice. You can show this to kids. I was shown this as a kid, and I will yeah. show it to mm-hmm. my kids after me. Even though I might just adopt a 14 year old, they're gonna watch the Hobbit. Like, <laughs> yeah, like they're gonna be like, <laughs> Mom, what are what the. <laughs> And you're like, just, sh- 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 just watch. And you like put your put your finger over their lips, and you're like, just watch. Just and they're gonna be like, and they might even call me Marie. They might not call me Mom, and they're like, Marie, I'm not comfortable with this. And I'll be like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You're like, oh, I'm sorry. I was just really kind of getting into the bit. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think the animation. I love 2D animation. They're great. Um, the Hobbit themes still. I'll talk a little bit more about the themes in spoilers because they're interconnected. Um, but the animation's great. Themes, Hobbit, Hold Up, Return of the King. There are better film adaptions of Return of the King in existence. Yep. <laughs> so it's hard, but this, but oh, that soundtrack. But yeah, you know, hey, where I'll, there's a whip, there's a way. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's such a I'll, I'll even go so far to say that it holds up well because they don't vilify the orcs true, as much. Very and they true. don't make some of these things. Just be so gross that and disgusting. That smiling orc really just like, yeah. lifted so my heart. Well, not only mm-hmm. did I first fall, really start 
really liking the orcs with with the where there's a whip, there's a way. But then again, that smiling orc in yeah. the tree so good. I will say They're life just changing. So cute. I will They're say for cute. our viewers, where there's a whip, there's a way to love the Return of the King movie. Ah, uh, <laughs> I see what you did there. I see what you did there. All right, let's go on to our spoiler, spoiler alert. Skip to one hour. Twenty-four minutes and fifty-four seconds. Okay, can I talk about the so, themes of the hobby real quick? <laughs> in a sec, okay. I do have to say that I was really amused once we were into the um, the five armies part, and the fifth oh, army came, yes. where it was like, "Oh, great elf king, my greatest friend and ally," and I was yes. like, "Wow, oh, you sure um, turned quick, man!" <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Also, was- Bilbo really relatable because he's like mm-hmm. wow five armies this is absurd I'm yeah. out I yeah. love I have yeah. so many yeah. notes from this section where yeah kill the men kill the elves keep the gold for ourselves like really that yeah. Yeah. Uh, also yeah. Gandalf shows up and is reasonably mannered yep. for once for once um, he's like fine I guess I have these volatile army dudes but then he goes on and says treasure like <laughs> you remember how he said treasure I don't, mm-hmm. but now that you're saying it, yeah. yeah. But oh, yeah, Bilbo just says enough is enough, and I have a note here that says, "Imagine stretching these five minutes into a full-on movie. That would suck." Yeah, who would who would do something <laughs> who would like do that? Such a thing? Who would take who would take the end of the thing where they're dealing with Smaug and just kind of haphazardly put it at the beginning of a movie, and then have a whole movie that's like this one part? To be fair, who would do that? I don't I'm, know. There, th- I don't to know. be fair, Smaug leaves uh, the Lonely Mountain, and then there's an like there's a spot where it fades out for a commercial break. Yeah, so I that's think that's true. just the end of a chapter. <laughs> I guess maybe, but it Cause, does because it's weird that there's that break in both versions yeah. of the Hobbit, right? Right? Yeah. It, but I don't have my cop- right. I don't have the copy of the Hobbit with me, so I can't check. I, but I'm talk just, about oh, sorry, Mom. no. All I was just gonna say is I can say in spoilers. It just cracks me up that you have this this sustained long shot of the one lack of uh, scale on his yeah. uh, underneath that. You're just gonna see from like when when the little sparrow says that in his so he's in got his really good eyesight. He can mom. just see that perfectly, and it just yeah. again freezes frame on that. And sure, the since the Legolas is not here, we gonna... had to give specialized yeah. to different person. <laughs> I mean, to oh be fair, God. Bard is a good archer, and he used a special yeah, arrow. Yeah, yeah. That's like a plus one magic arrow or something. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe exactly. plus three, Marie. Um, Tell us about the themes for Hobbit in particular. Don't do Return of the King yet. Um, so, when Thorin is dying. Spoiler yes. alert time. <laughs> spoiler. Die. Spoiler, like half of the of the dwarves just die. Yeah. Although, fun fact, the number of dwarves that dies uh, varies from each film adaption. Like, I it's never it. the same. In, in the that three that right. I've seen, it's never the same. But... I made a note here that just says Tolkien, your veteran status is showing. Also, oh, I read yeah, the Odyssey fair. too. Like <laughs> when, like which is a really like yeah, that's a really kind of crappy way to say the point I'm making. But you get it that like Thorin's just sitting on is like if we had more dwarves who thought like hobbits, yeah. we would be in a better world. Which is weird when you compare certain things from real life to Lord of the Rings to the way Tolkien 
built the world, but just focusing on the movie, like, there's a very strong anti-war message in this. What? Wow. <laughs> Tolkien saying, like, that, and then going on to write the the Ring trilogy, which even further pulls from his, you know, experience in the war. It's just, it. I, I felt, whenever I see a thing where it's a soldier saying war is bad, it, it just makes some part of me some like maybe ancient part of my brain just say like ah yes like odysseus before ah what a good message and it just makes me feel something that i don't have a word for you're like yes yes war is bad war is bad Like war is bad is an and emotion. if you just share your goal, yeah, yeah, yeah greed is there bad. Of war is bad. You don't need to be Jeff Bezos. Um, <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh, in the Soviet, you sure went there. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Um, yeah, you're not wrong, but yeah. wow. <laughs> yeah, in in uh in the Soviet version, first of all, they have the Arkenstone in that version, and Bilbo gives it to Bard because he's like, I forfeit my part of the treasure because you're being so <laughs> you're. Sorry, you're being so blink and tret greedy that yeah. Yeah. like he gives his portion to Lake Town to rebuild and Thorin just gets really pissed. And then I don't even remember how they resolve that. Yeah, I think the movie just ends because they didn't have a budget. <laughs> that sounds right. It's a really weird thing and I kind of checked out. But yeah, I mean, you just have so much money that you couldn't even begin to use in yeah. a lifetime. And it's just like, just get over it i like how they didn't i i like how they showed character development in the hobbit of thorin Mm -hmm. going from like this cool proud guy to a greedy person to a person who doesn't like war and doesn't like greed because he knows better now which is really cool too late because now he's gone yeah yeah yeah, at least he He learned it too late to save himself Mm -hmm. and some of his friends what a tragedy let's go to return of the king there may be my, my only note that I definitely want to make sure I say is that Sam was looking in Mount Doom for Frodo for days. Yes, yes. is that, that in, was... is that in the book or is that no just idea. a thing that they? Because I'm like, is Frodo just like chilling in mm-hmm. here? What's can happening? I, yeah, can I real quick talk about? Because I thought about that a lot when. Because uh, <laughs> how can you so, not really? So the way that so there's the narrate. So I just want to run through the events as they are shown in the film and then so we see the two of them getting to mount doom we cut to the battle of pelinor fields and some stuff happens and theoden is killed by the black flames of sauron and gandalf is like thinking to himself like what could have caused this and it cuts the frodo putting on the ring and then it cuts back to the pelinor fields and i'm like wait where's Gollum? they just like told Gollum to piss off and right? mm-hmm. and then they walked in and then Frodo is having his temptation moment uh, and being, you know, not great. And now we're just focusing on the Battle of the Pelennor Fields and then they win because of the Black Fleet, which I love. I love knowing the twist that the that Aragorn took the Black Fleet. And and yeah, it's just such a good twist. But all <laughs> the time while that's happening in the back of my head, I'm like. Wait, so what is, when are Frodo and, like, is Frodo what, just, what are they doing? What are they yeah. up to? And, and then Gandalf finally is like, or like the narration they is just like after many, for days. Four days. 
I think you would get. I know this is a fantasy uh, story, but I did have the thought of that's a lot of carbon monoxide to inhale. Right? Yeah. Like I feel like a volcano is going to have sulfurous gas and carbon monoxide. It's not like a great place to live inside of. Mm -hmm. Mm -mm. Yeah. And you wouldn't have even lasted. They were so weak, and they had had no water or food. You couldn't have been in there for days. They even is ridiculous. They even lost them in the in. Oh gosh! When they fall down that hole, Sam, uh, Frodo accidentally kicks over a bottle of water, and I felt something. I don't know why. Yeah. Oh, I know. Me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they never explained how they got out of that hole. I think they just got out of I think God helped them. I think. I think they just. <laughs> yeah, like, but I mean, Sam they, says they a made a big deal. Got out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they had made a big deal about them being stuck in the hole multiple times, yeah. and then all of a sudden, and they're just out the hole. It's just out of the hole. And then yeah. them not showing um, Aragorn coming with the Black Fleet and that it was the Black Fleet of the undead mm-hmm. was really disappointing. There's a really, really large gap between when you see Aragorn a little bit at the beginning and then yeah. when you see him at the end. And it's like, I, I think I needed at least one reminder and yeah. the thing to have made, any idea where he was. They made such a big deal with uh, Gandalf being just downcast yeah. and losing all oh his hope, yeah. and then even be- and because of that prophecy mm-hmm. with the with the ships, and then yeah. all the nod they give is that oh, it's flying the colors yeah. of Aragorn. I mean, that's it. Not so, that he's with so, the army of the yeah. undead. Not that you know he's with too the much, Black Fleet. Not or enough what time any to get into the army of the undead. Thing. They don't even explain yeah. it. I don't. Okay, so a couple things because I have a lot of this is one of the things I have the most opinions about. So uh-huh. one, it, yeah, it's really weird that Gandalf in The Hobbit is like, ah, oh, I know how the future is going to go. You're going to succeed, Mr. Baggins. Anyway, I'm going to leave now. And Bilbo's just like, <laughs> you come in here, you act like you're better than us, and then you leave. And yeah. we still succeed. And it doesn't, like, it feels a little, like, Gandalf f- predicts the future, and then Gandalf in Return of the King has no idea the outcome of the end of the film until the yep. end of the film where he delivers the line, is there a hobbit in me? Which, hmm. uh-huh. anyway. Yeah, it's a choice. But yeah, I don't... <laughs> Basically looking at the camera, too. Yeah. I'm glad that... I feel a little bad for saying this, but I don't feel like they needed to put the undead army in this movie. I think at that point... Yeah. Like, at the point where that finally happens, yeah, I don't think there was yeah. any point. Uh, no, but then I don't think they should have emphasized the black ships no, coming so yeah. much. I, th- I think, but, uh, I think I mean, something different needed to be done to make that moment more impactful, yeah. but I don't think you necessarily needed to get into the whole yeah. undead army I thing, because there's just not enough time at that point. Yeah, I do like that they use the, the Denethor being shown an incomplete uh, vision of the future through the yeah. Palantir, because... This is this is a thing from the book. This is a this is a thing. Then Thor is a smart guy who tried to f- look at the future, and then Sauron showed him only bad endings, and then he got really yes. cynical, and it sucks. Don't listen. To, which I don't know. <laughs> the, yeah, I don't know. At the end of the movie, when they when Aragorn and they were they were all going back to to the. To Minas Tirith, yeah, yeah, um, and and it's like, oh, I think that's Faramir there, I guess. Yeah, and then I was just I joking it. with mom, like, oh, I wonder where Denethor went. We, have, I don't see him around. He's not. I wonder, wonder what could have happened to that guy. I, I, I mean, it does. <laughs> they tell you what happens to Denethor, though. 
Mm-hmm. When do they tell you? There's a there's a sh- the last shot that he's in ends with the screen getting engulfed in flame. Like it pretty clearly. But like, but like Pippin says, like, he's ordered his own execution, and then it shows fire, which I feel implies that he did get executed. I can see. By himself. I can see how there's an implication there, but that was easy enough for me to not really catch until you said it that i don't think it's communicated well that's fair and maybe i'm relying on my i get why you don't want to show self-immolation in a in a kid's film like i i understand there yeah um and i'm also not even really complaining that i don't know where like that at that point i don't know where denethor is Mm -hmm. it was just joking with mom because we do know where he is (laughs) Um, Uh, i did not get your sarcasm it's fine. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Let's be done with spoilers. Let's. Is there a uh, hobbit in you? <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> Kyrie's inside me. Um, done with spoilers. Let's go on to favorites and least favorites. What was your least favorite scene in either movie? You can pick one from each or you can do one overall. Uh <laughs> I don't want to take forever because we're already going long. So um, we don't have to do it for each we movie. Double Just whatever. We can go long. Yeah. and Oh, and if, if your favorite or least favorite uh, scene is spoilers, then just be vague about it. Don't mm-hmm. don't specifically say the spoilers. Be vague. I know my least favorite shot in the movie. Yeah. Uh, when, when Bilbo falls and at, there's a shot of him falling into a hole. And he rolls down a hill, and that looks fine. Yeah. And then he's just flung into the air. It looks <laughs> yeah. ridiculous. And it does, it yeah. kind of takes me out of the movie. But then, you know, uh, the riddle scene happens, which is great. So yeah, it, that brings me back in. But there's just this moment of like, that's not... That's, You're like, what's happening? That's silly. <laughs> I think my least favorite is is honestly just the stretch where Frodo and Sam are walking before we get to where there's whip there's a way that it just it went on too long for me and was just like the same and the same and the same and just like you guys feel whiny even though I know you're justified <laughs> like it's just yeah. that part wasn't terribly fun for me to watch so I think that same with me I was just gonna and that's actually even a better pointing it down i just those stretches with them together just were too long i think those stretches only were satisfying for me because i was really into those rocks like (laughs) like i don't you're like i just like the scenery like the scenery they even make mortar look pretty what what (laughs) what the heck uh what was your favorite scene in either movie oh, or so if you hard. want to pick two you can pick two it's so hard. if you want to pick one for each movie you can do that but you can also just do one scene overall i think uh, okay i'm gonna mention two scenes uh yeah. one is like i mentioned before the black arrow speech which uh, yeah, yeah. i think it's just, it's just i have like two or three D characters based off of that scene alone of them Amazing. having a special arrow and a special arrow you're, you're like this me means feel. something to me yeah like <laughs> like also the underbelly thing for smaug yeah. is a reference to saint michael slaying the dragon which is also tolkien uh, i see you there uh, tolkien yeah, yeah, yeah i see you there yeah. with your like i think i've even heard that at some point yeah, yeah. and and the dwarf names out of the volspa that too i see him um and then as much as i like criticize the voice acting in the scene 
Eowyn's confrontation of the Witch King of Agma, the foul Domer Lake, I just, her hair's so pretty, and she made the big point. Her hair is pretty. Her hair's, <laughs> and, and she's so much more poetic instead of just screaming. <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like that's a... I fi- <laughs> and there's like... I, li- I like... A laser sword. I can effect. see the value in both, but <laughs> I can see why you would prefer the not screaming version. <laughs> I, I very much like, and I think that scene is the inspiration for me to one day make my perfect Lord of the Rings adaption, yeah. which is like me envisioning that scene plopped into the middle of the live action movie was the inspiration <laughs> right, right. for that. So that scene's always going to have a special place <laughs> in my heart. I, I love it. Mine is, well, with there's a whip, there's a way, but oh, gosh. I, I fell in love so with the horse there. But really, that dream sequence where I see the smiling <laughs> orc, that's yeah, just, it's just so good. tickled me so much. I love it. My, I, I'll, I'll do two real quick, is in Hobbit, uh, my favorite part is probably Bilbo and Smaug talking, mm-hmm. just like they're back and forth. Mm. Very good. Does that include um, the most? Yes, a hundred percent. Yeah, like their their whole scene with the with the two Wonderful. of them, um, and then in Return of the King, I mean, I have to give it to where there's whip, there's a way. Like not just the song, but like that scene because it really did bring me back at a point yeah. where I was like wavering. Um, mm-hmm. So I I appreciated that scene a lot, though. Yes, definitely the smiling orc after that was. Mwah. Yeah, I was going to agree with in the Hobbit. That was my favorite oh, yeah. scene too, between. Um, Bilbo and, and Bilbo and then yeah the whip there's a way this where I really fell in love with the orcs so yeah. I, I that's mm-hmm. really my first yeah. tied with the waving puns <laughs> at the end yeah. thing, in the dream sequence a thing I forgot to mention earlier is I like how with the army of men and the army of orcs which calls back to the orcs in Seerth Ungol and how like evil evil infights oh yeah yeah the yeah the fact that evil has infights is, yeah. is true to life mm-hmm. And sure, this movie in a way that I like. Definitely. Like, power, power bad. Oh, yeah, 100%. Who was your least favorite character or characters, whatever you prefer? The dwarves as a group. Oh, no. I did not like the oh, dwarves. Oh, no. Well, sorry. <laughs> not even, um, not even like. I just... Not even the ones that didn't have voice lines. At the end, I guess I did. Am I, <laughs> yeah, am I choosing? Fun. Am I choosing either movie, or do I need to? Whatever you want. If you if you have a least favorite for both, you can do that. But <sighs> well, then I'm, gosh, having, I'm struggling to because pick a in, least favorite for Hobbit, in Return yeah. of the King, it was the um... in Return of the King, like it's it's the Nazgul king. Yeah, the Nazgul just king. Like, he his voice the coolest, was just but his voice the, couldn't couldn't yeah, handle his, the voice. His so. characterization. I mean, and voice, I think I'm just going to do him. Voice. I can't really. Yeah. There's no one in the Hobbit him. that really yeah. bothered me. I'm, I'm just going to go with that because the dwarves, they 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 bothered me, but they're not. You know, just just that was their role. Anyway, yeah. they yeah. were. They Some, were being sometimes I don't like Bomber's voice. Sometimes I feel which one to see again? Uh, he's the big one. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh. Or like one of the dwarves. Sometimes the or no, it's not. Yeah, there's. It's the same scene that I mentioned for my least favorite scene from The Hobbit when Frodo falls down, Bomber turns oh, yeah. around and like in a shrill, high pitched voice is just like Bilbo. No, yeah, you're like, silly. what are you doing? It's silly. I don't. It's silly in a way that the other silly parts aren't. Yeah, you're like this is just a yeah. little too um, far for me. Yeah, I also, I don't know. I think my least favorite character from uh, Return of the King is Faramir. 
yeah, someone who is like not a character. Yeah, he, he shows up in two shots, maybe three. You're like, and I need doesn't more say of you, anything, please. And he looks handsome. I want him to speak. It's just a disappointment. <laughs> Fair. Who was your favorite character or characters? I actually already know this. My favorite character for Hobbit was definitely Bilbo. He's great. Um, have a great time with him. My favorite character for Return of the King is the smiling goblin. <laughs> it's so. Um, he just brought me life. It's, he's so good. I love that he he's exists. So good. He he's an important. Now I kind of want to just print out a picture of him and put him on my wall. Like there's going to be so good. family photos on the mantle and then just picture of the smiling orc slash yes. goblin. Yes. Also, the I think I'm going to agree with you. On both I, I mean, counts. Yeah, on both counts. On both counts. That you're yes. putting a photo uh, of the smiling goblet on your mantle. <laughs> um, I love Eowyn. She's so pretty. And she, she is says, pretty. She says really poetic things. She um, do. But I think in The Hobbit, I think my favorite character in The Hobbit is Smaug. Although, obviously, That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, he's pretty great. Yeah, yeah, Richard Boone does a great job. He was so well cast in that role, and he was such an unexpected choice. If you saw, looked at his filmography, The Hobbit just stands out like a sore thumb, and it's just so fun that he was there. And I'm so... It, the movie is better. I, I think that the movie is definitely pushed up a tick by his performance. Um, yeah. And then, obviously, overall, Grand. Grant's my favorite character in the books. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Visually, Let's... I just have to say, sorry, I know this isn't part of it, but the the Elf King which, that what which that one? helped yeah. them interpret. I just love the crown. I loved his whole visual. Yeah. So fun you fact. Elrond? Yeah. yeah. Fun fact. Elrond's name means star dome. So and he has a mm. crown of stars. So it's yeah. really so I see what they did there. In. It's so good. These movies are I mean, they're not both musicals. They both have a whole lot of songs in them. Mm -hmm. So what was your least favorite song? Uh, let me check my notes. <laughs> my least favorite song was Bearer of the Ring because it from just Return got... From the King. From Return of the King. It just would get too monotonous and it just, I don't know, wasn't inspiring. Very fair. My least favorite is probably just the Mount Doom little little song that plays uh in return of the king there's just like there's almost something there but it's just not quite enough mm -hmm. i think in my i think in my own personal soundtrack i just edited it into another song because it wasn't enough to have yeah. it on its own um yeah so i think i think i don't like the rendition of chip the glasses crack the plates in the hobbit that's fair yeah. um there's a recording out there of tolkien himself singing it which uh -huh. i listened to in uh like i paused the movie and i was like looking up the other version to remind myself and it it just yeah i do actually looking at my notes i do agree that the i think it's called the cracks of doom or whatever the mount doom one that you mentioned i didn't like yeah. i didn't seem to like that one either i wouldn't say it's my least favorite but yeah it's pretty low on the list what was your favorite song or songs? Super easy for me. In The Hobbit, it was Down to Goblin Town. Love that one. And then in Return of the King, obviously for me, it's Where There's a Wit, There's a Way. Yes, like, yes. I, I am in complete harmony and agreement with I you. I knew you would be. You songs. and I kept singing it to each I other. I know. Yeah. There's, it's so hard. It's I know. So hard for, I knew you were going to have a tough time with this one. Because uh, I just... 
if I had to pick, uh, it's so hard. Okay, so I think from The Hobbit, our Greatest Adventures at the top, and then okay, uh, taking taking second place, both two entries for second place is going to be Down Down to Goblin Town. Obviously, uh, it's the best song. Nice, yeah. It does. It's not my favorite, but it's the best song. Uh, and then yeah, Funny Little so Birds. Good. I love that's a cute one. I, I love like the one. animation that sequence. I love yeah how it kind of is a nice uh, palate cleanser because sometimes I'll listen to Down Down to Goblin Town if there's a whip there's a way and then uh, Funny Little Birds and it's a nice little combo of three songs to listen to together. Give it a try sometime. Yeah, I like that. And then in I don't know if any of the songs from Return of the King stand out above each other. I think I've already mentioned a lot of the other... I've talked about a lot of the songs I like off that soundtrack. Yeah. But I do want to mention, there's a note, I think, when Aragorn is talking to the mouth of Sauron, where the music sounds a lot like this music in the live-action version, and I'm just like... I was like, that just sounds like, one, it fits, two, are they pulling from the same from the same crop there did one inspire like i, I just, know and i, I want to i need fascinating to, yeah so that's that's my honorable mention if tim curry were in either of these movies who would he play i know yeah is oh, the um the undead king the whatever <laughs> that had the horrible voice no. that i dislike oh oh the nazgul <laughs> king the nazgul, yes oh. i need tim curry there tim you know curry it would be his, better than what we're given most menacing just like deep almost so mm-hmm. menacing that you almost don't know it's tim curry it's just not obvious tim curry but, i yeah. i do i do love you, that you know yeah you sure know who, why not you know who i would want if i was to recast who? that I would want to put Mark Hamill in that role. I think Mark mm. Hamill would do mm. great play. Oh yeah, do a good but, like, job. Right now, Mark. We've got to do a Tim Curry because yeah, yeah, where yeah. else could we put yeah. Tim Curry? But like, um, Tim Curry could be. There's so many evil people. He could be Denethor. He could just. Mm-hmm. Ooh, ooh, that'd be right fun. Here. I don't think that's my choice, but that's my recommendation. I think he could do Thorin. That'd be interesting. Um, be a different take. I would. Yeah. I would rather him in the. Role I don't think I'd different. want him there though. Yeah, I would yeah. rather him yeah. be one of. I think my choice, if I had to put Tim Curry, if I like had to, yeah, I would make him one of the other dwarves. I wouldn't give him a major yeah. role. <laughs> Just um, make him all the other dwarves. Honestly, honestly, <laughs> no, I might do that. There's, Curry, there's Thorin, and no. then everyone like having. Yeah. Oh, now I'm just imagining. So every single introduction of the dwarves has a little bit of comedy to it, and I really like how this oh, sure. version has them all listing their names. And it's just, a, it's just silly, and I love it. It is. And having Tim Curry do that, it would be so good. <laughs> that and would... he does. He's just doing. He's just doing. A normal, like his, his normal speaking voice for all of them. I love it. It's, that'd be so ridiculous. Yeah, okay. So, so my my official choice: all of the dwarves, excluding yeah, Thorin, all the dwarves. who all gets <laughs> Thorin gets the same voice actor, but Tim Curry, yeah. all of them. Agreed. All right, let's go on to our overall consensus and what we would rate it. You can say whether or not you would recommend the movies again if that's changed at all, and then yeah, what you would rate it between zero and five stars. Uh, Marie, if you don't listen, if you don't listen to it, we we generally like mm-hmm. have decimals, so like three point five or okay. whatever. I'm gonna, I'm gonna like, make a, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something for the sake of being different. Okay, <laughs> you've been warned. Okay. Um. All right. I would definitely I would recommend The Hobbit. 
and I'm going to give it a 3.75. Good animation, overall good story. I enjoyed it. Return of the King, I'm going to give a 3.25 because the animation was still good and consistent, had the great bop, but it just, the story jumped around too much for me. Fascinating. And it would not be... I wouldn't recommend it. I mean, I don't like say you don't don't watch it. There's nothing a reason wrong. It's just not yeah, it's just not as a rewatchable for me just because of mm-hmm. the jumping around. I really forgot how okay. weird it was. It's, yeah. What about you, Marie? What do you what do you think? So, The Hobbit is at least 4. Definitely recommend great adaptation of the text. Wonderful. I I love that movie. It's 4 4 yeah. 4.5. Screw it. It's getting a four, nice. four, five. Go for it. Maybe, maybe four, four. I don't know. Hard to put numbers to things, but it definitely. <laughs> it, it is. It's, it's always definitely an, an... a great uh, adaptation of The Hobbit. Yeah. And I recommend it to to everyone from ages five to infinity. Okay, maybe <laughs> if you're as old as Elrond, I don't recommend it to you. You probably just know it already. <laughs> probably. Um, and then for Return of the Kings, uh, so at the beginning of this. I I said I would recommend it, but I think now, if it's, I think I recommend it if you've watched everything else. Like, if you've run Mm, out of, like, I think. As a completionist dimension. Yeah, yeah. I think you should watch the Ring Trilogy by, with, done by Peter Jackson. I think you should watch the Hobbit before, the animated Hobbit before or after that, your choice. But then once you've done all of that, then you should look at, um, actually, I would, I would recommend this one last. Like, I think, Oh yeah. I think the animated Hobbit, the live action Lord of the Rings are definitely like the, the two pieces that I recommend. And then it's like, oh, if you want more, there's a animated Lord of the Rings that goes over the, there's, there's the rank, the Ralph Bashke one. And I recommend that one above return, return of the Kings, just a weird movie. This sure is. Like it's I recommend this watching this one last out of all the Lord of the Rings movies that exist. Excluding Fair. movies, not teleplays. You right. can watch those whenever you want. <laughs> so yeah, like at the uh, and I for a number of stars, pi. Pi stars. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. You're welcome. Three point one four repeating. Yeah. No, one four one five nine two well, six. I wasn't gonna <laughs> Danica. Gotcha. Um okay, for me, I will go I think three point I'll go with seven five. For Hobbit, three point seven five. Mm-hmm. Um I think it's I think it's good if you are going to watch rather than read this story. This definitely seems like the way to go to me. Um, this story doesn't need three movies to tell at all. <laughs> for sure, for uh, sure. So yeah, I definitely, it's very cute. Um, the characters are fun. There's there's some points uh, that maybe I feel like could have been done a little differently to be even better, but I, I think it's solid. I think it's good. Uh, for Return of the King, I'm going to go two. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is approximately as broken as all dogs go to heaven Mm. but like throughout a lot of the movie instead of all dogs which is like pretty competent and then fumbles its third act really hard i thought all dogs go to heaven was a good movie uh i love it i've never seen it 
To clarify how my scale goes, though, if it's 2.0 and above, I still recommend it. So I do recommend both movies. Uh, It's a pretty light recommend on Return of the King. Um, It's got a lot of issues. um, And I think it's really just I I feel like it's a lot more just for hardcore Lord of the Rings fans rather than a general audience. The Hobbit, I think if you haven't ever checked out Lord of the Rings stuff, like the Hobbits, uh, you can get a lot out of it. I think it'd be quite good. Uh, but yeah, I think two for Return of the King. It's not a bad movie, but I don't think it's a terribly good movie. And apparently Rankin of Rankin and Bass agrees. So <laughs> That's um, fun to know. He, he, has, he has looked back on this and been like, yeah, it's not a great film, but you know. <laughs> I think I would like to amend because I would like to have a bigger gap between The Hobbit and... You don't have to. No, I just mean because, to be fair, because it really is a broken movie and Hobbit is not. So I'm going to stick, of course, with my 3.75 and recommend The Hobbit. But I think I'm going to go down to 2.5 for Return of the King. And the bop keeps it at at 0.5 above (laughs) yours because I I, I just love... Where there's a... But anyway, I love that ball. It's Uh, it's great. But yeah. And then again, just a a not recommend, but not say like, you don't need to avoid it like the plague, but it's, if you don't watch it, not the end of the Listen to the soundtrack. Yeah. 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 I think, I think if you separate Return of the King out into the soundtrack and the actual movie, the movie is high scoring and the soundtrack is pretty high scoring. (laughs) And together they become (laughs) middle scoring. Yeah. Totally fair. Thank you all very much for listening, and thank yes, you thank very you. much, Marie, for joining yes, us. Yes, thank you for joining us. It was us. a pleasure, and we will me. have you on next time, too. Is there anything you'd like to plug while you're um, here? So I I made 26 RuneScape videos called Difficulty Locked. Mm. If you want to hear my voice more for some reason. Um, it's a good voice. Uh, yeah. Thank you. I worked really hard. Um <laughs> And I yes. think I think there's somewhere I did some writing, but I can't remember where it is. So good luck. Um, <laughs> and, Go on an internet scavenger hunt. And yes. uh, if you want to like engage with content related to me, my wife does let's plays and streams. So look up Emma Void. She's she's more oh. she's more online content creator than me. So instead of plugging myself, Emma Void on Twitch, Twitch and YouTube. That's my wife. Nice. I love right. her. Hey, mom. Speaking of Twitch and uh, YouTubers, Twitch and YouTube. <laughs> I would love you all to join me on Nana Critter, Ooh. both on uh, on Twitch and YouTube. And I am streaming Witcher Three this season. I have a blast, and I have my wonderful daughter and daughter-in-law and others join Sometimes me in the I chat. Sometimes I in and help yes, her out. Yes, <laughs> she has helped me three episodes so far now. <laughs> Save me from having poor Geralt. Ah, you guys, it is so fun. But there, I'm. I can play well, but then there are times that I just make poor Geralt just totally blunder, have traps <laughs> blow up in his face, him plow down villagers. I don't mean to, but anyway, poor we Geralt. have so much fun. So it's all canon so, to your yes. version of Geralt. Yes. So every I know, I know. So every Tuesday, uh, seven p.m. CST. Please join me on Nana Critter. Yes. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank and you. We, oh, and next time we'll be watching the other animated Lord of the Rings movie. So. Yeah. It's fairly obvious what that I'm is. I'm going to have opinions. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, Mom's going to... I'm so curious to see what Mom will think about that. Thank you all so much for listening, and yes. please join us next time. Yes. Have a nice Bye. day. Bye. Love y'all. Bye. Have a good day. 
This has been How's It Hold Up with Danica Juarez and Jan James. You can find our podcast on Twitter at How's It Hold Up Pod. That's with each word capitalized and no apostrophe. Also, if you'd like to support us, we have a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash user question mark U equals 279-0566. Every little bit helps, and even with a minimum pledge, you get access to things you won't hear in our main podcast feed. Check it out for more info. The two pieces of music used in this episode were created by Kevin McLeod. You can find both The Curtain Rises and Cool Cats at incomptech.com. That's I-N-C-O-M-P-E-T-E-C-H.com. Both songs were licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. More info on that can be found at http colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0. Thanks for listening. this on me saying this but we're gonna have silence here because it'll be the ad break oh it's time for the ad break welcome to advertisement we are advertising (laughs) product product is good we use it all the time Which of yins want to go first? Then? Oh, did I you mean, say I yins? can go unless uh, I did just, to. just for you. I love you. <laughs> love you too. Mwah.